The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. John Vincent, you're an accomplished singer. Thanks so much for coming on. I know you've done so many different things that I'm excited to hear about, but how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's really cool to have you on. So I, I'm sure probably like a lot of people, so I'm a Cubs fan, so uh, you were very prominent on my TV when I saw or heard you do the anthem, specifically during the 2016 Cubs playoffs. Uh, that's when I realized who you were, and you... Uh, you really stuck out to me for how you held the word free for a long time during the anthem. But I also realized during my research that you were discovered by Mike Ditka, right? Yes. I actually started singing at a couple of different restaurants in Chicago in 2000, uh, actually 2001 in, in around probably February. And then a few months after that, uh, or not a few in August of 2001, uh, a guy that I was, well, I was a recruiter in accounting and finance and doing these singing gigs at night. And uh, one of the recruiters went to Ditka's. And I've never been to Ditka's at that point. Never went there, heard about it and everything. But he was sitting there and I guess somebody was singing and he goes, oh, my buddy does Sinatra. Well, the manager overheard it. I auditioned and I was there from uh, 2001 to 2019. And uh, it's closed now, but they have a location in uh, Oak Brook, Illinois, one outside of Pittsburgh. And uh, it was it was huge. It was a, a, a wonderful experience, huge experience for me. I met so many different people, so many great people. Coach gave me such a platform and I love him for that. I'm so grateful for that. Um, it wouldn't have happened without that platform. It wouldn't have because that's how I got the Cubs anthem. The Cubs coaches came in there. Uh, and, and a couple people from the Cubs organization back in 2003. And that was the first major national anthem I did uh, was in 2003 for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering was how you kind of got started with the Cubs. So they heard about you or they heard you, and that's kind of how that kind of came about. Yeah, that's how it happened. So I do, I don't know if you know, I do like 28 or 29 different voices, you know, from Sinatra to Louis Armstrong to Johnny Cash to all these different things. I wrote some songs myself, but I had a bunch of great experiences and, and you know, lucky enough to get a World Series ring, which was really yeah. huge. That was great. Just you look at things and especially now with the pandemic, you, you got to be grateful for the experiences you had and live in the moment. And hopefully the moment is OK. Like right now I'm talking to you. I'm having a good conversation right away. You know, I, I see your face you look like a great guy. I can feel right. I care what you do. I feel good. And that's what I think is. It's just the small things in life that this pandemic taught us just to talk and connect with people. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. That's my singing, how my singing started. That's awesome. No, you, you hit the nail on the head because, you know, I started doing this last year. Uh, it wasn't really a COVID project, but it, I guess it kind of became that, but it's become a consistent thing. And I just love having conversations with people like yourself, learning about your story, you know, talking sports, whatever the case may be. And, you know, like I was saying, I knew you did way more than just the Cubs, but I also learned, uh, I mean, aside from the Cubs, I know you also do the Packer games, but also, like you said, you do Sinatra, you do other, what, other events, you perform 
a lot of different places. Yeah, so I was lucky enough in uh, 2010 where I was invited out by uh, Mayor Daley, President Obama, and the Olympic Committee, and I sang in Copenhagen, Denmark, and in Chicago, we were hoping yeah. to get the Olympic bid, and that was an unbelievable experience. I met so many great past Olympic athletes who treated me so well. Bart Carter uh, and, and Nadia Komenich, uh, uh, some guys from the Dreams team was there. Uh, and it was just awesome. The whole experience was awesome. We didn't get the, the win that we wanted and, and get able to host the Olympics, which would have been, I think, which would have been for 16 or which would have been the same year as the Cubs and World mm. Series, but I could be wrong on that. But anyways, that was awesome, a really great experience. I've seen uh, at a bunch of different places for uh, politicians on both sides, um, uh, for uh, actors and out in Hollywood, got lucky enough to sing with a few of them at times at parties, having fun, impromptu celebrities uh, from sports and this and that. And when I first got into business, you know, you get really impressed by all that stuff. Then as you get older, you can still be impressed by that. Or I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it. You really see what matters in life. And like you said, you, you started this podcast, maybe not because of the pandemic, but I wonder if there wasn't a pandemic, would your podcast be as successful? And would you be as gung-ho about it? Maybe, maybe not. And the reason I say this is we can take any experience in our life and we can bitch and moan about it and fucking say, this is horrible. I hate my life, blah, blah, blah. Or we can spin it on its head and try to take something positive out of it. I'm six foot five. I'm 380 pounds. Back in the day, before I played, I played pro ball in Germany back in 1995. Back in the day, before I played pro ball, and when I say I played pro ball, I was making $300 a week. Nothing like these guys right, here. Right. This was nothing. Yeah. But I had a blast. Yeah. It was fantastic. My roommate was awesome. We had so much fun. He was from USC. He's still there, owns a, 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 a store out there, a sporting store, Estrus Creighton, played for USC, played a little bit in the NFL and the Canadian League, and then went out to Europe, and he became like Mr. Germany. Talked to him not too long ago, and he exudes positiveness. And, and the one thing that was beautiful is you have to – the positive people I noticed say one thing, and they all say it the same way. They don't take credit, and they keep saying, I'm good, I'm fine. Like if you call somebody – and I have OCD, man, so – there's a lot of times where people call me and I'm midway in conversation. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not feeling all around. I don't feel good or this or that. I'm worried about this. And then you take a step back and you say, wait a minute, this person, every time you call them, they're like, I'm doing good. And then you keep talking a little more and you find out they had something that is bothering in their, in their life or something going quote unquote wrong, but they're still saying, I'm good. I'm okay. How are you doing? Man, that opened up my eyes. And, and, and my sister is one big person like that. She helps me and my other sister so much. My sister, Lisa, she helps me and my sister so much because of her positivity. My buddy from the Pentagon, same way, Jason Eason, he's always like Johnny, crawl, walk, run. I was honored. I had the honor to sing uh, twice, visit the Pentagon and sing out there. I sing it as retirement. I sang at the Duke, uh, North Carolina game at Duke, the anthem. I was lucky with that. Bunch of different football games, playoff games and stuff. But the biggest thing I started learning as I got older was the genuine good people who want to serve others. I need to start serving others. I need to put my own interests in back and I need to start like, what can I do to help other people out? And I found out that helped me tremendously in life. 
because I was always so caught in worrying about the future or regretting the past. So it just messed my brain up. Like I, I grew up with OCD, depression, anxiety. I don't know if you know this, but I, I said it on national TV. I attempted suicide a few years back. And this was after the Cubs World Series, after I had a ring, after everything was going my way, my career, everything, everything. But it didn't make me happy because I wasn't happy myself. I hated myself. You hear people say, you got to love yourself. No, you don't have to love yourself. You just have to be, try to love others, have no enemies. If somebody doesn't like you, that's on them. If you did something on them, you got to take accountability for them. But if you didn't and somebody doesn't like you, really look and make sure you didn't do something to hurt that person or upset them. Because sometimes, especially today with media and texting and everything, some people can read something and you can say, okay, and they would think you were mad because you just like text back, okay. Well, maybe the person was like busy and they're like, well, why didn't I say, okay, no, I'm good, man. Don't worry about it. But somebody's like, I text okay back to somebody and they're like, John, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm good. I'm busy. We're losing that sense. Exactly. We got to bring that back. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 32. Yeah, you're young. Yeah. Man. See, I'm 48 and you're young. And what you got to do, and I tell people in their 30s and 20s, you know, you hear all this stuff about, you know, boomers and millennials and this and that. What we don't understand about the human race. And when I say the human race, the species of humanity is that we all share. I don't know if you know this. 99.9% of the same DNA. 0.01% is different from me and you. 0.01%. But that 0.01% seems to separate us on so many levels across this globe. When if we, if you're a believer or not a believer, you got to know, and I'm sure you agree with me because I, I never came across anybody when I asked this question. Do you believe? And I'm not going to ask you about your faith or anything, but do you believe that humans all started in the same spot? Some people say Adam and Eve. Some people say some people say um, somewhere in the Middle East. I believe I'm Christian. I believe in God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. But whatever anybody's religion is, whatever they believe or don't believe, I respect, and that is your right as a human being. I have to respect others' opinions. But the one thing I think non-believers and believers can all get together on is that we started in the same place. I believe that if you search, it said we started somewhere in Africa from a woman, and that's where we all came from. And the continents at one point were all connected, and they broke apart eventually and formed the continents. You see, you see like South America fits in with Africa, if you see that. Have you ever seen a picture of the continents together? Yeah, yeah. And then over time, how they broke apart. How so we all came from the same place, and then we branched out to different areas. But we all came from the same place. The biggest problem with humanity is the separation. When, if you really think about it, we are so damn similar. Again, 99.9%. What are we doing, man? Got this much time on Earth. Eternity, I can't even say eternity is like this and, and living this way. Eternity is forever. It doesn't stop. The only way I could kind of ex express it to you is if I say to you, my man, I'm going to give you 50 years of paradise or 100 years of paradise or 100 years of no pain, no nothing. But for one second, you're going to have something that's going to be unpredictable. Could be good, could be bad, could be painful, could be exhilarating, might be somewhere in between. That's how I look at life. Life is this big and eternity is forever. And if you're a non-believer, you die and you don't feel anything, you're gone. You don't exist. If you're a believer, you believe in heaven, you believe in reincarnation. Whatever you believe, that's great. But it should always be positive because inside of here, you know what's right, you know what's wrong.
I've been an asshole back in the day when I was younger. I said shit, oh, yeah. and got angry, and got pissed. We all had. That's what being human is, first of all. And then as you hopefully get older, you see how important, especially with a pandemic, how important human connection is. You know, thank God we have Zoom and I can see your face and talk to you here, right? And when my grandmother was uh, 16 years old in 1918 uh, in Italy, she shared a bed with her sister who was 18 years old. And my nonna Bruna, my great aunt, died of the Spanish flu. My nonna, my grandmother, she survived. She went through, and she was dealing with World War I. She was right in Italy at that time. The stories I heard from her, heard from her, she passed away now in the 90s. But the stories I used to hear of her in World War II, and my father, who's 85, the stories he went through in Italy during World War II, even Sports Illustrated wrote an article about my other grandmother had a gun pointed to her head by a Nazi soldier. And, 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 and I said, Dad, I thought Italy and Germany were, were friends. How do I? He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, Hitler ran Mussolini and told him what to do. He goes, the Nazis kicked us out of our house. We, Johnny, we lived in a barn. And no joke. He goes, Johnny, if I got an orange for Christmas, man, it was like a huge gift. I'm like, and I'm thinking, I said, an orange? Like, fuck, we grab an orange. Or I'm like, I got an orange. Okay, cool. If he got it, and I'm like, why, Dad? Because I was a kid. I was like, why? He goes, because it's a tropical fruit. Or it's down or warm. So to get brought up where we were in Italy, it took some money to get an orange. So this guy's telling me, my father, I'd get an orange for Christmas and I'd be excited. He used to cut up motorcycle tires and tie the motorcycle tires to his feet and make shoes. Like, this is real shit. Saw people blowing up in front of him. Saw things happen that were tragic and horrible. And he goes, Johnny, I hope you never see what I saw. And I say this a lot, because especially with the way the world is now, the only thing that can save us is that connection, that love, that love that we want to bond. If I say to you, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm grateful you had me on this show. You're having me on the show. But I also want this show to be successful. What's this show's main reason? I know it's the Cubs sports, but what's the main reason why you started this? Yeah, it's funny because I was just thinking about this recently. So... 2000 and late 2016, I thought, you know, I had just come off a baseball internship. I was thinking, I think it'd be cool to talk with people in sports. You know, I was talking with Jerry Krasnick from ESPN. He did, we did a phone interview. Uh, Carl Ravage's son, Sam, he was a broadcaster here in Richmond with the Flying Squirrels. I thought it'd be cool to pick his brain and learn about his career. Last year, I kind of got into it randomly through, you know, I listened to uh, sports ESPN 1000 in Chicago all the time. So I got to know some of the yeah. personalities. And so I, I had... I love Tom Waddles. On yeah, right. And I love Tommy and Sylvie and all yeah. those guys. Nobody I had, uh, yeah, I've had half a station on here. I've talked to Chris Black, David Kaplan, all those guys. But just about a year ago today, it was about May 1st last year, I had Chris Black on. And ever since then, I thought, this is cool. I'm going to start to keep doing this. So basically, my whole format was interviews, but it was learning about other people, like how they got started in their career, learning their story, of course, talking a little bit of sports, whatever. But since then, I've realized it doesn't have to be a sports podcast. I like having the conversations. I like I liked even just editing a podcast, putting it together, learning you know, someone's story and getting, you know, sharing a story or talking with them, chatting with them. So I've really gotten into like the conversation piece of it in addition to just the topic itself, you know, whether it's sports or whatever. But it all started with me just wanting to talk and say, hey, I want to pick your brain to learn about how you got to where you are or what you're doing. So that's kind of how it got started. And now it's just become a, a regular thing. But why did you start? Why did you start that? I know, uh, you, you know, you, 
why? What was deeper than that? What was the reason why you want? It was about the sports. It started with the sports and you knew you could grow. But why did you feel the need to start a podcast? So it's funny. I, I guess last year when I when I did the one, I thought this would be cool to keep doing this. But I I think... Why was it cool? I think I was just really into talking with people that, for instance, it started with maybe the people at the radio station. And I thought, this is really cool. Like I hear them on the radio and here I am talking with them and I'm not nervous, but I've learned about myself over the last year. I felt, you know, I've evolved to where I'm not afraid to reach out to people like you, for instance. If you say no, that's totally cool. Luckily, I've never been told no. It's always been, yeah, or I don't hear anything. And I get it. Everybody's busy. Totally cool. And so I'm like, you know what, I just but at this point, I feel really confident in talking and communicating with different people. I've, I've, I've grown skills, whether it's putting it together a podcast editing, and I'm no expert by any means, but I've figured out little things about what I do in my process. And then of course, I think it's really cool to be able to talk with, you know, a person I see on whether or not they're on TV or on the radio. That's another thing. But in general, I got I, I realized, you know, like, we're all people, like you said, we're all people. Uh, when I get down to it, we're having a conversation. That's really cool. And I'll look back on it and be like, wow, like I, that, I was just talking with this guy that I saw on my TV or, you know, whatever the situation might be. And of course, it's gone beyond that. I talk with fellow podcasters, writers like myself, but it's always really cool. It's, it's a nice treat when I'm able to talk with someone that is really established, maybe in their craft, for instance. And it's really cool to, you know, sit down and, and learn just about their story or how they got to where they are. So at this point, I think I think I really just got into the idea of, you know, yeah, they're another they're another human, another person who just happens to be doing this or doing that. But I'm having a convo with them like it's like we're friends or it's just a, a really cool, you know, half hour, hour, whatever the case may be. What I love about what you said and what I was getting to, like, and, and you answered it is you started this for a good reason. It was connection. It was conversation. It was for good. There was no bad um, intention behind it. Nothing. It's a good thing. Communication, talking, talking sports, talking life, talking this. You're having fun. Again, I'm enjoying speaking with you. You come across with a great personality. You're a likable guy. Now, if I, as a human being, get jealous, which most of us do, if your podcast takes off and it becomes global and you become like, say, Howard Stern or something like that, right? And I get jealous and I get angry and I'm like, you know, man, why can't I be on that show? Blah, 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 blah. That's a problem with me. I learned a long time ago because I was bullied and I was smaller than everybody that, you know, I was the first one cut my freshman year in high school. And a senior year, they said, you're coming to play. I said, no, I'm not. You guys fucking cut me. I'm not fucking playing. Like, no, you're playing. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, let me work out and see if I like this. I liked it, played, went to college, all American college, went to play in Dusseldorf, Germany after that, and enjoyed it, had fun. It was a blast. Um, do I love football as much as I love singing? No. So it wasn't my, my passion. Um, but I was ultra competitive because I always needed to win in anything. If it was a conversation, if it was um, a pickup game of basketball that we would play every day when I was a recruiter in accounting and finance, if it was uh, anything, playing games with friends or just talking or whatever. And I realized when I would get jealous of other people, it had nothing to do with them. It had to do with me not liking myself. For uh, probably 25 years, the person I hated the most in my life is me. Then I said, Johnny, you got to love yourself. And then I go, no, 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 no. You don't even have to love yourself. You just have to be. Be part of this 
human existence, right? This 99.9% same thing that we have that bonds us. There's only two feelings in life. Fear, which comes from the brain. Love, which comes from either you want to say the spirit, inner being, whatever, the the inner person. That love gives empathy, compassion, kindness, all that stuff. Fear. Because we're, we know we're going to die. We know we're not here forever. Our ego gets very fearful. Oh, I want to have the bigger house. I want to have the nicer car. Oh, I got to make this better. Oh, I got to be the best singer. Oh, man, I got to be the best football player. Oh, man, I got to be the best podcast guy. I got to be this, that, that, that. And then all of a sudden, now it's keeping up. And with the Joneses, I'm going to beat you. No, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. And then there's jealousy. And there's splintering. All that stuff starts from fear. When I realized I don't have to love myself, but I'm going to love others and I want to want to see them exceed, succeed. If they're doing good things like you are, life becomes so much more fun. It's just like when you start, think about this, when you start cheering everybody on or mostly everybody, because I believe that the vast majority of humans are good people. I really do. And I believe the bad things that happen 90 some percent of the time are due to fear. So if I'm here with you on, on a podcast and you invited me on here, and you are kind enough to ask me to come on and you become extremely successful, more, you are successful now, but more and more successful. Why would I not cheer for you? And that's the question we have to ask ourselves. The answer I know is why we don't, because we're afraid. If we, that's why we tear down people who are successful because we are like, oh my God. And what one considers successful, I don't consider money successful. I don't consider fame successful. I don't consider many things successful. The only thing I consider successful is making the world a better place through acts of kindness, serving your fellow human. And if I then give you positive energy and I'm I'm behind you, I'm like, man, I hope you do great. Good job. Keep doing what you're doing. Spread the love, spread the happiness, make people happy. Now, if I see one day you got this big deal and you're boom, I'm like, man, I remember when he yeah, had me on there, man, right. that's a good guy right there. Now we're all winning. Now, you know, sometimes I'll walk down the street and my wife will say to me, she's like, babe, you know, in Chicago, you're saying hi to everybody. And I'm like, sometimes I'm just in a really good mood. I just want to fucking say hi to people, especially now in a pandemic and everything. People are scared. Yeah. People are afraid. They, you know, what the fuck? Smile, laugh, try to try to live in the moment. Tomorrow's not guaranteed and yesterday's gone. And like Apollo told Rocky, there is no tomorrow. It's always today. So why the fuck do we worry about tomorrow? And I hope you don't mind that I swear. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. I'm a Southside Italian and I swear a lot. (laughs) So what people need to understand, the only way we can live, and that's why I said, if you remember uh, Rocky III, when Apollo says to Rocky, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There never is tomorrow. If we're lucky enough to be here, when it gets here, it'll be today. Yesterday, when we were here, it was today. We never experience anything but the present moment right now. And the only way we can become truly peaceful, truly happy, truly at ease with this life is living presently in the moment. What is one thing we all do every day, all the time, that we don't even have to think about that happens all the time, that each and every one of us do? What is that? Breathing. You don't even have to think of breathing. You happen, right? It just breathes. You're breathing. You're talking, you're breathing. Now, if you concentrate on your breathing, you're meditating. And what happens? It's bringing you present. When somebody says, hey, man, you got to calm down. Take a deep breath. <sighs> right? But then you see people meditating. They're like, 
And I got taught that by Joe Madden. Joe Madden is a Johnny man. Meditation is huge. It's huge. We talk about it before the game and out on the field. We talk about when we go to dinner and when I went to go to his charity events in Hazleton and sit in the car and just have these beautiful conversations. So many successful people, which I term successful because they're peaceful, they're making people happy, they're making changes in life, live in the present moment and see how important the present moment is. And the present moment is the only thing we'll ever experience. But the funny thing is, it's always today. If you look at it and you see how animals live their life, they live presently in the moment. Humans, most of us, live with stress. And we stress about the future or we regret, regret the past. None of it matters. Doesn't fucking matter. The only thing that matters is love. It could sound corny, it could sound whatever, but when you do something kind, you feel good. When you if you held the door for an elderly woman with a walker and you hold the door open and she walked in her and she goes, Thank you so much, and she has a beautiful smile. Would you be an hour later? Would you say, Why did I do that? Would you question? No. Now you're in a car. And you're, get, you're, you're on the expressway and some guy just doesn't want to let you in. And I used to be an asshole driver. I try to be better now. But, you know, you try. she wants to let you in. You want to let him in. I got to get in front of him. I got to go to work. You guys are like this. Next thing you know, he rolls on the window. He starts swearing at you. You start swearing at him. Back and forth. Now it's getting heated. You're yelling. I could almost guarantee you 99% of the population will an hour later say, why the hell did I do that? We question the things that cause pain. We never question the things that when cause goodness we only question those things when we then if we do something nice for somebody and then we feel like they didn't appreciate it or they did not acknowledge it take it a step further do something nice and don't expect anything in return now nobody owes you shit and you don't owe anybody shit now you're just there you're just fucking there you're just living you're being but we want to be right and we and we want to be knowledgeable because we're afraid of being wrong because we're afraid of death and Every time we lose something, if it's an argument or a game or uh, somebody we love, we're reminded of our own mortality. When Eckhart Tolle says in The Power of Now, which is a beautiful book, die before you die, accept it. You are bigger than this earth. You are bigger than this body. You're bigger than all of it. We own nothing on this planet. We we don't even own our own bodies. When we die, we leave our body. And once you release that grasp, and then you just see human humanity for what it is and understand people suffer. And then you start understanding, wait a minute, I don't know how it feels to be this person. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they're going through. It'll open up my mind and say, okay, Johnny, take a step back. Now listen. And t- let's have the person tell you how they're feeling. Then I can try to help them or have a conversation with them. But if I just start, which I do a lot because, I, like I said, I host a talk a lot. If I go like, oh, no, 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 like, oh, no, you don't have any problems, blah, 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 blah. How do I know? How do I know how, how it affects somebody? And that's a big problem with humanity from the beginning of time. We're, we're very, in a lot of ways, very selfish because it's just the way the ego works. But if you could keep dimming that light, that ego, building up that light of love that we have here, Man, life becomes a very beautiful place. And I love talking to you. You're easy to talk to, which is which is uh, probably why so many people say yes to coming on your show, because you're a likable guy. You are a, a very, uh, you're a good listener, but you're also a really good speaker. And it's engaging. People want that. And, and that uh, the way you can shift from sports to other topics 
is is awesome because that that is going to just give you a big audience right and sports isn't just yeah. about sports sports is about a lot of other things because when i sing the national anthem on opening day it was a very emotional day people were crying people were it was the first major uh get mass gathering of 8000 or 10000 people that day at Wrigley in over a year of a sporting event or any kind of event so a lot of people were emotional and being able to go out and everything like that. And, and but that's the that's the beauty of life. When there's bad, you gotta remember, man, there's always good and it'll come there. My one buddy always says to me at the Pentagon, who's so uh positive, he goes, No, 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 the sky's not the limit. He goes, We go beyond the sky, man. We gotta go further, Johnny. And I'm like, wow, like I said, positive people, good stuff. And you bring that same feeling across my brother and it's it's uh it's nice talking to you i do a lot of podcasts and some are you know you can tell some are great some of the this is a great one you're very engaging and it's 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 a conversation i find out when you have conversations on podcasts instead of just kind of like you know answer 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 questions that exactly it just it naturally can flow especially when somebody like you can do that you are made for something like this and, and that's awesome man you're a, you're a superstar man Thank you.